0: It's a pleasure to have you listening to my show today. My sincerest desire is for you to get something from it that will make your life richer, fuller, and safer. My name is Reverend Wynn Henderson. As an ordained Christian minister and a retired medical doctor, I have a dual perspective to bring you content to solve problems in your life. This podcast is the longest-running, single-hosted, spiritually-based radio-internet talk show in America. It's been on the air for over 24 years. I bring you information about the disease of addiction, your purpose in life, and investigative reporting on truth just below the surface. We have um, a really interesting guest today. At the age of 12, Dr. Nancy Wiley became fascinated by how certain people seemingly manifest things into their lives. And uh, she manifested a beautiful thoroughbred jumper for herself. After reading The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, just a few short years later, she began to understand how she had created this. Simultaneously, she also began a lifelong practice of meditation that resulted in the attainment of unity consciousness. With her continuing experience and ever growing confidence in navigating through her inner realm, she was able to reach a state whereby she no longer suffers, no matter what life presents. Her source uh, in trust has become unshakable. From direct experience, she now absolutely is certain that there is a divine presence that wants everyone to know it and trust it. In her book that we're discussing today, Divine Trust, A Practical Guide to End Suffering and Find Your Way Home, She lays out a blueprint that anyone can easily follow to achieve this incredible state of divine bliss and trust for themselves and thereby achieve freedom from suffering. Dr. Wiley has spent 27 years building a highly successful orthodontics practice in Florida. It was the school tragedy in Parkland that spurred her to feel the time was right to create and bring through divine trust. She felt introducing divine trust would be a path to healing for many. She now dedicates herself to igniting a massive shift in human consciousness using divine trust as the cornerstone. Nancy, it's great to have you on the program today.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Reverend, Dr. Reverend Henderson. (laughs) I love it. I love that you're a reverend and an MD. It's so profound.
0: Well, I can see life from two different aspects. You know, if I was just one or the other, it would limit my thinking, and I don't like to be limited, you know?
1: Yes absolutely
0: okay let's absolutely. get on to, to your deal
1: mm-hmm.
0: your book is called divine trust can mm-hmm. you give me a definition of divine trust
1: so def the definition of trust it's it's kind of it can be both um, the verb like you are doing trust and a noun the state of trust but I define it as the firm belief in the reliability or the truth or the Strength of a thing in this case, God or Source or the Divine, whatever name you currently are using to give this energy source.
0: Okay. Uh, I I've uh, interviewed people that use all those names. I feel more comfortable with God, if it's okay with you.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: Um, can everyone feel this trust that you're talking about?
1: Absolutely everybody can. Um, it's it's just a matter of do you want it? Is it your decision to feel it?
0: Um, in the Christian religion, trust in God is one of the primary things that this relig- uh, religion teaches that makes suffering seem okay, that makes being... Uh, not-so-wealthy, okay, and having any other things that people would define as suffering, uh, but put it in a different respect. So I think trust in God uh, to do what He can and will do for you is what's going to make your life different from 99% of the population. But that's just my idea.
1: I think trust is even, for me, it's even deeper than what you just said. So it's, it's an energy state that when you go in there, into that state, you make the conscious effort, effort in the present moment to commune with this energy, you see that basically you, you can't lack for anything. You're not lacking in anything you're not locking in finances you're not locking in health it is just the source of all it's just it's so nourishing this tea it just fills you up and just fills in any voids or crevices or any lack that you have and it just makes you feel whole and perfect just as you are right now
0: do you find that the way or the only way to get into this state, into this feeling, is during meditation?
1: No, not at all. For, for me, um, it started with meditation. It started with a guide that showed me how to enter into this state, and then it just started taking over my life. And all I have to do is, I, I don't even have to close my eyes as I'm awake, not meditating. All I have to do is make the conscious effort to shift to this profound state. And it just melts anything that my mind thinks is lacking, missing, or wrong, melts it right away, and everything's whole and perfect. I mean, it's just so delicious. So even though I do still get thrown out of that state, all I have to do is make the conscious effort to, wait a minute, I have a choice. I can be in that beautiful, nourishing state where everything is just delicious, and I do it. It's a choice.
0: And you tell the people how to do that in your book?
1: I do. I give them a step-by-step Um, way to do it. And it's very practical, because what I noticed is when I was a seeker looking for ways to get to a state like this, you know, it was always the promised land, and yet never attaining it. So I call that my seeker, uh, my seeker um, realm, where I was seeking, and always hungry for it, never getting it. And finally, once I found it, I then realized I was no longer suffering. So now I can teach it and I make it so easy and direct rather than all the different paths I went down, it's super easy to attain and I believe that's my mission is to ignite a massive shift in human consciousness.
0: Well you talk about suffering and you know, my basic teaching over the last thirty years has been in various Behaviors uh, of addiction, mm-hmm. and I find that you can be, become addicted to suffering. Mm. What's your take? I think, I,
1: okay, I think suffering has its positive point in that it's actually pushing us to find the way home or the way out of it. It's it's pushing us to find. The antidote. And I know you, I, I see your books, The Secret to Happiness and Freedom from Addiction. I see that you have, um, you know, this foundation that suffering can be an addictive behavior, but it can also be the point that leads us to find the solution. So I... I I'm not sure if it can be addicting. I I know that some people feel like they can't get out. They don't know how to get out. They might not want to get out. They might want to stay there. And those are the people, unfortunately, I don't think I can help. I don't think I can touch them because I don't think they want to be touched or they're hopeless. Um, and only by example and then seeing that there's a different way of operating, can you actually change, make a difference in their lives or change their perspective? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, one of the top five addictions, uh, and I, I help people with over 30, uh, is negative thinking. And a negative thinker quite often is someone who, manifests suffering whenever Mm -hmm. you get them on the phone or something it's always woe is me I'm having Mm -hmm. such a terrible day and they're like energy pirates and vampires that steal your happiness Mm -hmm. it makes people want to get away from them Mm so I think suffering is a subset of the of the Addictive behavior, negative thinking, and uh, you can clear up all this mess by uh, the plan in my book, and the most recent one, which is in the final stage of going to printing, is called Freedom from Addiction Four: The mm-hmm. Final Message. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's all it's all tied in in my mm-hmm. in my point of view. Mm-hmm. Now. Tell me your uh, take on the purpose of life. Ooh. Does everybody <laughs> have a purpose?
1: Everybody does have a purpose, and everybody has the same things and the same abilities that I do or that I think that you do with that spiritual knowledge. So we're based the same, built the same, but we just don't know how to access it. And that's where I think we're... we're um, changing and shifting are, are the way we're coming from and the way we're operating as um, human beings. Did I answer your question enough?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, the purpose in life uh, mm-hmm. was one of the major things or, or the way that I got started on my podcast 20-something years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I wrote about how you can find your purpose in life in case you don't know what it is, and that's in the book. But I think knowing uh, and having a belief system that revolves around a concept of purpose can be the single thing that's most likely to give you ultimately what you would consider a good life.
1: I'm uh. sorry. I have um, a special needs daughter, and she tends to interrupt me. So, um, well, sorry about that.
0: Would you like um, a break, or do you want to go on? Um,
1: uh, yes, if you could pause the recording. I'm so sorry for this.
0: Uh, Nancy, uh, you said your your daughter came into the room, and, and now you're ready to talk again. Yeah. We were talking about the purpose of life uh, and is different from for each of us. And uh, so how do you find the purpose in life? I know how I teach people how to find it. How would you say to find your purpose in life?
1: I think your purpose in life starts with little breadcrumbs that you'll see if you reflect back on your life, little breadcrumbs that it's either something you love that lights you up like nothing else and you know it's a sign well you might not know it's a sign but all you have to know is it's something that lights you up that you love to do more than anything else and if you look back on your life even from early childhood you'll see little breadcrumbs of things that were actually things that led to where you are now or that this could be your most rewarding work but each one of us is here to do specific um, things, jobs, to create something, to do something, to express something that only we can do and no one else can do it. It's a divine, it's a divine assignment, and you're here. And unfortunately, or fortunately, the way humans are, are programmed, we forget it when we're born. And it's the aspect of waking up to that, waking up to our divinity, waking up to who we really are and what we really are, rather than just a body, a vehicle. We're actually a vehicle for spirit to flow through us and out of us. And you only know this when you get into the present moment and you commune, or you look back on what you're so passionate about, what lit you up. It can also be a tragedy, a difficulty, a point of suffering, where you you suffered, but you it caused you to find a solution. It fo- it caused you to find a way out of your suffering, so then you could go on to help other people live and be elevated into a higher way of being than we currently operate. Oh, that's a that's my definition of finding passion and your purpose in life.
0: Someone said that your passion is any job that you would do even if they didn't pay you. The surface, at least, that that was a good way of looking at it.
1: Mm. I Uh, think it it fulfills you so much from the inside out that it, it fills up your soul. It fills up your beingness. And it satisfies you where nothing else can to that degree.
0: Um, Being a a Christian minister, my primary resource is the Bible. Mm. Um, Are there examples that you know of, of what you're calling divine trust in the Bible?
1: There are. There's so many when I... I was asked that question, and I started looking up all the different answers to that. There were so many. There, um, man says, show me, and I'll trust you. God says, trust me, and I'll show you. And that's in Psalm 126, um, 6. That's one. I love that one. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's so many. I, I have like hundreds of. And it's not just from the Bible. I also found from um, the Quran and, you know, from the Islam and Buddhism and all different types of religions, they talk about trust. Um, um, this, is, this is a beautiful one, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. So that's like the old-time verbiage of what my divine trust is bringing to modern-day man or humankind.
0: Well, you said in all the religions you find examples of talking about trust. You also find in all religions the underlying thoughts about love. But when you look at the other religions, they don't seem all that loving sometimes. Yes. I wonder how we well, get in that situation.
1: So for me, it's my direct communion with Source, with God, with that. When you see and you can commune into that energy, sit there, and sense and feel what's coming back because it wants us to see it, it wants us to know it. It wants us to see that we are it and it is us. And then when you you palpate into it, you sense into it, it's loving, it's kind, it's giving, it's warm, it's it's just so loving. You never see anything unkind or unforgiving when you directly know it. So when I hear those words in the Bible or I hear them in another religion, I feel that that is mankind-manipulated things in what is being written. I don't feel that is true at all, not at all. I don't find one ounce, one shred of ugliness or, or, or meanness or negativity whatsoever in that energy. Not at all. Ever.
0: Within what you talk about, Source, God, or any of the different names you call this energy, do you consider yourself Christian?
1: I consider myself one with this energy so if you study do a comparative study of religion which i'm sure you have you you notice that there's a lot of commonalities in all the different religions and the faiths and i would say i align with the commonality and that is where i lie so i would i say i'm christian yes but i would also say i'm other things as well, so I, you know, I know that's a, you know, confusing, but it's not really confusing when you align right into that energy. You have one way of being, and that's all loving and all encompassing, and everything.
0: Well, you said in your book that you were raised Catholic.
1: and yes, I was. There's
0: a lot of Catholics listening to the program today. Uh, okay. How do you feel about? roman catholicism
1: well i think it has the aspect of showing you directly what i experience myself directly um... i feel they also have a middleman that is good enough to experience god and, and i have exception with the unworthiness you know just say the word and i shall be healed i am unworthy to receive you Um, I don't feel that's true at all. And I feel if I can commune so profoundly, so strongly, where I couldn't do that while I was sitting in a Catholic mass, but I can do it when I'm here right now with you in this moment, you tell me what is more, more profound. And do we even have to put labels on anything? I don't. Feel
0: the need to put a
1: label on anything. Uh-huh. Well, that's
0: right. But in our society, everybody's labeled. You're labeled a, a Republican, a Democrat, a Progressive, a, uh, a Liberal, a Conservative. You know, they've got labels for everybody, and I'm not sure that that's the best thing. Is to just put labels on people.
1: Well, I'm sure that is not the best way to be. That is coming from the mind. There's two ways to operate in life. One is to come from your mind, let it dictate everything, or one to come from consciousness. In the present moment, directly conscious of your thoughts and your your energy connections. So when you use that labeling system, that is the mind. The mind wants to separate. It wants to judge. It wants to criticize. It looks for what's lacking, missing, or wrong. I come from the universal consciousness where, where I look for what unites, what's good, what's beautiful, and it's a completely different paradigm to come from. That is the mission of divine trust. And that is where humanity is moving towards. It's moving away from this negativity and this labeling and categorizing and finding something lacking, missing, or wrong to finding what's beautiful, what unites us, what brings us together, what we all stand for. Do do you see the difference? It's a complete paradigm shift.
0: Yeah, well, I look out there at what's going on in the country and the world and I don't see us moving in that direction that fast. that's
1: where you're a leader that's that's why I'm here. I know you're a leader. I know I'm a leader that's what we're here to do. We're here to lead to show by example a different way to be a different come from a different beautiful path for humanity and I think it's necessary. I think it is the way I feel, I sense this is the way we are moving, but we do need people to stand firm in this different way of behaving and holding ourselves and acting different, coming from love, coming from unity, coming from what's beautiful. How can we work together and seeing that we are one? When you get to unity consciousness, you see there's not, Billions of people. It's one energy. We are all connected. We're parts of like a wave in an ocean. And when that ocean, that wave crashes, it goes back into the ocean. That is where we all are. We are connected. And it's time for humanity to see a different way. That's why I'm here as a scientist. I know you have similar characteristics because I've listened to your show. I see where you're coming from. And it's exquisite it's beautiful and it's the next step of human um evolution
0: well i've been working on that for for decades and i will continue working on that for decades as long as i'm on the planet and i hope that uh, in some small way at least that i'll be able to do what you're talking about
1: yes you are you are you're part of that leadership And that's why I'm here.
0: Um, Why don't you take a moment to tell our audience about ways that they can get in touch with you, uh, about getting a copy of your book, about going to your uh, website, anything that you'd like to tell them so that they can continue to communicate with you.
1: Sure. My book was just released on March uh, 30th, so it's, it's brand new. It's now in um, Audible format, too. So um, if the book is purchased on Amazon in either a paperback, Kindle, or an Audible version, uh, then you can download some free gifts that I have. Um, one's a master class um, that goes along with the book. It's going to be three weeks in a row starting on May 10th. Um, It's going to be one-hour Zoom link starting at 8 um, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But there's also a whole bunch of other free gifts. If you purchase the book on Amazon and put the order number in there, you you get access to all these free gifts. There's Happiness uh, for No Reason workbook from um, Marcy Scheimoff. There's a beautiful meditation from Dr. Sue Mortar. Um, there's just so many different things they can do, but you get the book. You can go right to divinetrustbook.com, and for further elaboration, they can work with me at trustthedivine.com. So either one of those, but um, yeah, buying the book I think will really help um, and ease their suffering and get them to a beautiful, beautiful, blissful state. All
0: right. I live in Sylvan, North Carolina, and I'm about 12 miles from the boundary uh, of the Cherokee Reservation. Mm. And in your book, you told a story, it's an old story, but I think I would like to reiterate it and get your your take on the significance. The lesson is from a parable that can serve us well during these times a Cherokee grandfather shares with his grandson that each of us has two wolves fighting inside of us. One wolf is full of anger, regret, self-pity, and resentment. The other wolf is full of love, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. When the grandson asks the grandfather, which wolf will win the fight? The grandfather replies, the one you feed. I thought that was very deep, spiritually. Very,
1: very deep. I love that. That's from Marcy Shymoff, her foreword in my book. And yes, absolutely. It's all a matter of choice. We have the choice. And even it doesn't matter if one minute you you're being one way, that's, you know what you don't want just the second minute later choose again that's um that's a really good lesson to learn is the choice of where we put our energy and attention yes absolutely i love it
0: um is there anything in the, the content the text of your book that you want to reinforce now um We've asked a lot of questions, and you've answered a lot of questions. Is there anything that you'd like to bring up?
1: Yes, I, I, I would. Um, in, in the book, it's later on, I believe it's Chapter 8, I talk about resistance and, and resisting a situation or an event or a characteristic or anything. It can be anything. Um, so when you resist something... It persists, but and and if you try to run away from it, it keeps getting bigger and following you. But when you turn around and you plant two feet squarely and look it in the eyes and you say to it, "Okay, I accept you. Come, Come on, come on. Let me see what you got for me." And you look at it as a gift or an opportunity. Whatever that was negative and it dissolves and whatever that is beautiful and good about it unfolds just like a flower just like a rose and you see there was nothing to fear nothing to resist nothing to run away and you're saying yes it's just the most it's one of the most healing beautiful things you could ever be taught in this In this world and someone needs to model it for you teach it to you and then maybe help you through it once and then it's a gift you have forever of how to handle things in life that your mind labels as negative and it's 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 an exquisite gift and maybe just by hearing that knowledge it could help unfold it but it's laid out even more specifically in my book with um an audible aspect of it too so you can do it in the present moment rather than just in the mind
0: divine trust Mm -hmm. nancy wiley um you you've gotten a lot of important stuff from nancy today and i think you ought to pick up a copy of her book and read it and uh after that you'll have more questions and more answers Thank you, Nancy, for being on the program. It was oh, a really thank you so
1: much, pleasure. Reverend. All right, it was it was my pleasure. Thank you. I hope we helped some people out there. <laughs>
0: okay.